Thanks for joining us on Our Father's House's weekly podcast, A Place to Find God. Each week we bring you a sermon from our Sunday services where you can be uplifted and grow in Jesus on the go. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online by going to ofhorangeburg.com. We'd love to get to know you. Now let's get to this week's message. Come on, put our hands together for Jesus. Amen. Do you love the Lord this morning? Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, we just bless you this morning. We honor you. Father, we honor you. We honor you. We honor you. Not just with our words, but with our lives. We honor you this morning. Mm. We recognize your presence and we say thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming. Father, we ask that you would just move in this service this morning. Have your way. Do what you want to do. You have gathered in your name. Your word declares where any two or three are gathered in your name, you would be in the midst. So we're saying move, Holy Spirit. Let's in, let the anointing flow that makes teaching your word easy, that breaks and destroys yokes. So that when we leave this place today, we'll leave with a heart and a mind to want to serve you more. We give you glory, we give you honor and praise. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Come on, let's tell the Lord thank you. Amen, amen, amen. The Lord is just good, and we magnify his name today. I really bless the Lord. We welcome those of you who are online to our service this morning. Amen. Welcome to us this morning, not only online, but those of you who are here in the house. Bless God for you. Amen. On this gloomy day outside, but it's glorious on the inside. Amen. Amen. The Lord is just good. I just magnify his name today. As Bishop said, we bless the Lord for your prayers. Thank you for your love. Thank you for just for what you've done during this time. Um, we had to go in, in, our, in our family's time of bereavement. We just really bless God for you. I've, I'm experiencing the power of prayer. I'm experiencing that and I bless God because he's just a faithful God. He's just good. He does just what he says. He said he's the God of comfort and I am experiencing the comfort of the spirit, amen. God is good. We bless the Lord for every one of you. For uh, Brother Jimmy last week, how he ministered on the life and the attributes of, of Elijah. He, <laughs> it's something how you can take and, and weave your story into it. You can see us. You know, if we go into that word, we can find us every time. We'll find us every time. And it's something how God will lead us and guide us inside of his will, way, and purpose for our lives. So we bless the Lord for him. Heard some wonderful things of how the message was just wonderful and how it ministered to our to the souls and the hearts of the people. That's what we want the word. That's what the word is supposed to do. Amen. And so not only Brother Jimmy, but every one of you, Katrina, everybody who just did what they did, praise the Lord to assure that the word of God and the service of the Lord continued. Thank God for you. Bless the Lord for every call, every text, every offering, every whatever you did. Thank God for you, amen. And of course, I bless God for Bishop Ed. I really thank God for him. I, I really bless the Lord for him. It's like I'm falling in love with him again. Amen, you know the song that said, I keep falling in love with him over and over and over again? I keep falling in love with that man over and over and over again. He just, he captures my heart. And I thank God for it. Why you laugh, Bishop? It's just, you know it's the truth. Amen. I'm not looking for another, amen. 
Amen. I think I'm going to keep him ratted on out. Amen. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. I, two weeks ago, um, I ministered on the unconditional love of God. Let me say this before I get started. Brother Glenn, thank God for you. You're in our hearts and in our prayer. We're praying for your son. Amen. You, 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 we want you to know, and I'm just saying this to you this morning, you're not in what you're going through alone. Amen? We want you to know we're praying for you. We're praying for you. You have a church family here who love and appreciate you. Amen. And we go back way years, 50 years, at least 50 for you probably, 40, 48 for me, probably 50 for you, way back. So we long-time family long time and you are not alone amen amen and we just want you to know that and let you know that our father's house love you it's not about the length of time that you've been here it's about the love that we have in our heart for you amen amen a couple weeks ago i ministered on the lesson on um the unconditional love of god and we talked about just to kind of go back through we then we we, we ministered from john three sixteen, and i think all of us should know that scripture for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And we, life. we talked about um, the four different, four of the different kinds of love. And from the Greek words, we talked about eros love, and that's the love between a husband and wife. And I'm just going to go through this because this is just simply review. We talked about storge, that refers to family love. We talked about philia, and that's that brother and sister friendship and affection. And, but we talked about agape love. And agape love is the God kind of love. And that's the kind of God love that God has. It's selfish, selfless, I'm sorry. It's selfless, it's sacrificial, it's unconditional. Conditions change, but God's love never changes. It's ne it never changes. It never expects repayment. It's that love that when it's rejected, it keeps on loving. Even though we reject someone, or we may, anybody may reject the love of God, but God's love keeps on loving. It's about, it, that uh, agape love is about denying yourself for someone else's sake. It's self-giving. It's sacrificial. This is the kind of love that God has for us. And we shared how this is the kind of love that we're supposed to have for one another. Amen. The God kind of love. This is the love that is from God and for God. This is the love that God gives us. Again, God's love never changes, and we need to see this. God's love never wavers, it's unconditional, and it is sacrificial. But then we look past John 3.16, we went to John 3.17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved that the world through him might be saved so what we saw a week before last we saw that God gave his son and the son gave his life remember that song long time ago I don't know if you all know it remember but I remember when we grew up and growing up in the church the song says love lifted me remember that anybody remember that remember that in Jamaica y'all sing that love lifted me when nothing else could help, love lifted me. And then go on, sing that. Then it says, God gave his son, God gave his son. 
when nothing else could help. God gave his son. Okay, then it says, the son gave his life. Remember that? Son gave his life. Baby, you remember that? When nothing else could help. Son gave his life. That's that kind of love. That's the love that God has for us. That's the kind of love that Jesus has for us. And that's the kind of love we're supposed to have for one another. Praise the Lord. Let's go into the lesson for today. I want us to look. Hmm. I want us to look at, help me here, Holy Ghost, Luke, the 10th chapter. And I want us to start reading. This is a long passage. We have quite a few scriptures. We're going to walk, this, walk the word today, if that's all right. We're going to walk through the word today. So those of you who are taking notes, take these scriptures down. All of us should be, but take the scriptures down so you have them to go back and review the lesson later. And we're going to go to the NIV version. Luke, the 10th chapter, starting at the 25th verse. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. This was a lawyer. He said, teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What, and then Jesus answered, he said, what is written in the law? How do you read it? Then the man said, love the Lord, your God, with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. Help me here, Holy Ghost, and with all of your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you'll live. In other words, if you love God and love your neighbor or love God and love people, you will inherit eternal life. But he wanted, this is, this is <laughs> this, this lawyer again, but he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? If I were to ask you, who is, my, who is your neighbor? The average one of us would say what? That person who lives next door to us, the person who lives across the street, and we may even go all the way three or four, three or four houses down. Three or four houses down or around the corner. We'll say, oh, those are my neighbors. And, the, and a lot of times it's because these are people we talk to, people we've had interactions with. But when G I want us to look and see who Jesus described as our neighbor. The, uh, the man wanted to justify himself, verse 29. So he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? And then verse 30, in reply, Jesus said, a man, and I want us to listen to this, and I know we can, we've heard this, and some of you can probably quote this passage, but I want us to look at this. A man was going down from Jer Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, and we've talked about this before, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, bandaged up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. 
The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will re reimburse you for any extra expense you may have had. When this lawyer asked Jesus who was his neighbor, Jesus immediately came out. He didn't say this person was or that person, but he gave him a story. Not, and this, and because it doesn't say is likened unto, so we know this is something that really happened. He gave him an account of a man who had fallen on hard times. The church people went by. And let me, and, and past him, but let me say this. I, this dropped in my spirit when we were in, in class on Tuesday night. I mean, I'm sorry, Wednesday night. Thir I'm sorry, Thursday night <laughs> during the, the ministerial operations class. And a lot of times people think too often. They think that ministry is simply done by people with a title. So we seek to get here and to get here so that we will be recognized as ministers. That's so far from the heart of God. I want us to look at this first. Let me, before I even go further, it was said, and I read this, that if a Jew, this was tradition, that if a Jew was to see a Gentile woman struggling to give birth, they wouldn't even help her. They wouldn't even help her. This is how the Jews felt about the Gentiles. The Gentiles is basically anybody else that wasn't a Jew. All right? But the Jews hated the Samaritans even worse than they hated the Gentiles. And that's important for us to know inside of the script. Most of the Jews wouldn't even travel through Samaria. They would take a longer route around so that they wouldn't even come in contact with any Samaritans. But remember Jesus said, I must, Jesus, the, the, the Jew, Jesus the Jew, I must needs be go through Samaria. It was something he had, he had, I don't want to get ahead of myself this morning. But it was something that he had to do for the Samaritans. I don't want to go into that story. But now here we are. You don't have to have a title now. In front of your name. In order to show sacrificial love. It's not about who we are or our position in life or where we stand in the church. None of that is important when it comes to sacrificial love. Titles don't make us ministers. Turn to somebody and say, a title doesn't make you a minister. An ordination doesn't make you a minister. True ministry is only performed through sacrificial love. We need to see that. 
This Samaritan didn't have a title. The Bible doesn't even say his name. Didn't even say his name. He didn't, it didn't say he was a, a, a priest in the Samaritan church. It didn't say he was a leader in his community. All the word who was written by Jews. Luke was a Jew. All the word that was, that was written about him was, about who he was and his status in life was what? He was a Samaritan. And it just said a certain Samaritan. Didn't even make any more specifics about him. He was just a Samaritan. And I want us to look at this. It, it was so bad with the Jews and the Samaritans. If the man who was attacked had not been hurt, he probably would not have even spoken to him. Because of what was in the hearts of the Jews and the Samaritans. The Samaritans didn't like the Jews and the Jews didn't like the Samaritans. Now, how many times do we as children of God show people sympathy? The Bible says that the Samaritan pitied the Jew. And a lot of times we stop right there and we pity people. We feel so sorry. Oh, I feel so sorry for you. I feel so sorry for you, Brother Kofi. I feel so sorry for you, uh, um, Elder Isidore. We sympathize with people. And what we're just simply doing is acknowledging that the person is going through some emotional or physical struggles. One can show you sympathy and pity and feel sorry for you and don't do nothing about it. Oh, I feel so sorry for you. Brother Glenn, I don't just feel so We're here for you. And we got you. You understand? You're not going through what you're going through by yourself. We're here for you. But now there is a difference in something, in sympathy, and something called empathy. Empathy is something more than just pitying somebody. It is actually understanding or taking the time to try to understand what the other person is feeling because... You may have been in a similar situation or you've experienced something similar to what they're going through or you're able to put yourself in their shoes. Empathy, with empathy, you don't leave the person where they are, but you're willing to do something to help them in their situation regardless of what it may cost to Look at this empathetic Jew. First of all, let's look at the sympathetic ones. They recognize he was in trouble. But at that time, what did they do? Ooh, he looked hurt. Ooh, ooh. And they crossing on the other side. You may feel sorry for them. You may pity them. But in your heart, you don't go out of your way to do anything about it. But then, let's look at the Samaritan even closer. Inside of him showing empathy, 
he stopped. He humbled himself. And how do we say he humbled him? How do we know that? He got down off of his beast. It didn't matter what his traditions had taught him, nor his family ways. But he got down, went down to where the man was. Remember, he was laying on the side of the road. In order for him to go down there and to, pour, to get to where he was, he had to get down. He had to humble himself. And he went down and he saw the wounds. The Bible says he poured in oil and wine. The wine was for the pain, had alcohol in it. He poured in the wine for the pain and then the oil to soothe the pain. Are we understanding? But then not only did he, but even with that, he went even a step further. He picks him up now, helps him up, and puts him on his own beast so he walked so that this hurt man can drive. We're asking, who is our neighbor? Then... He paid, when they got to the inn or to the hotel, if you want to say it, then he had him, he, the next morning he got up, went to the innkeeper. He paid for the man's stay. And he says, and if you need, left some more, and if you need more than this when I come back through here, I'll give you some more. Can we see this? Jesus asked the question, the man asked the question, who is? my neighbor who is my neighbor and this is what Jesus is telling him so let's continue to the script in verse 36 which of these three Jesus is asking do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers was it the priest they respected the priest they respected the Levites it was, the Levitic, it was the Levites that served in the temple. They were big. Which of these three was the neighbor? Not the one that they were familiar with. Not the one who was up serving in the front. These can be your neighbor if they have a need. But here... The, 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 Jesus goes on to say, no, no, I'm sorry, the, ex, the lawyer then says, in verse 37, he replied, the one who had mercy on him. And this brings me to my subject this morning. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Who is our neighbor? Go and do likewise. If we look, really look at that, uh, uh, um, at the Samaritan, what he showed was that agape love we talked about last week, that God kind of love, that God kind of love. And this is not only was Jesus talking to the lawyer, but he's talking to us. Go and do likewise. 
this is what the Spirit is saying. Because too many of us as children of God think that loving sacrificially is unattainable. We think people don't even deserve to be loved. We look at people through the eyes of flesh. Through the eyes of flesh. And think that they really don't even deserve our love. Remember here, Jesus was talking to people who didn't even have the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit hadn't even been given. He was talking to people who did not have the Holy Spirit, but he's saying, go and do likewise. We're talking about a Samaritan who was not saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. We're not, we're, not talking about, we're not talking about church people here. This is not after Acts. We're talking when Jesus was ministering, Sister Joyce, he's saying, go and do likewise. How much more can we who have been born of God, who have his nature on the inside, Go and do likewise. And what, like I said earlier, both Jesus and God showed sacrificial love to us. God gave his son, Jesus, and Jesus gave his life. And God, I want us to see now. We're called, and you, I know we hear this so often, we're called to do the Jesus ministry. To continue the Jesus ministry in the earth. We're called to a special calling. And this, the way we're going to complete the calling, we've got to realize that we have been brought into a fellowship or brought into fellowship with God and Jesus. I want us to look at this. We have been invited, and this is something I really want us to grasp, into a oneness, a oneness fellowship with Christ and God. The oneness with him is not done by our own might. Remember that, Zachariah? It's not done, was not done by our own might. It's not done by our own power, but it was done by the Holy Spirit. When we were birthed into God, when we were saved, we were birthed into the family of God. God always was. Jesus, I, I, said, I hesitate because I started to say Jesus always was, but before he was, he was named Jesus here, but before the word, he was the word he always was. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God always was. But now, God wanted a family. He wanted to be able to fellowship with us. To fellowship with us. And it's like if, let's say, Bishop and I decided, and you all know this is not true. Bishop and I decided we wanted another child. Y'all know that ain't but let's say we decided to adopt a child and a little boy, a little girl, whichever, and we, he, he was legally adopted into our family. His name was changed. And he lived, he would live with us. 
he would now become one. He would be a part, rather, I should say, of our family. The three children that we have would recognize this child as their brother. Are we understanding? I want us to see this. There would then legally be no difference in that child, even though he may be this age, this size, this age. And there would be legally no difference in him and in my 39-year-old twins and our 39-year-old twins and our 43-year-old son, legally no difference because he was brought, we chose to bring him or her into our family. When we call for all of the children to come, he's not put out or she's not put out because she's or he is our child. We need to see that. We need to see that. You remember when the word says we're heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ? That child then becomes a joint heir of whatever we have. Legally then, whatever we have would be, have to be split. We leave here without a will. It would have to be split between all four of them. Didn't matter how old they are. Didn't matter what age, you, you understand how, off, how long those papers have been signed. Oh, that a preach right there. It doesn't matter how long those papers have been signed. I'm going somewhere here. He has the same rights as any of our other children. And he can call me mama. Or whatever he wants to call him. And he can call him daddy. Are we understanding? All rights. That's the same way God wants us to see the oneness and fellowship that we have in the family of God. Doesn't matter if you've been saved 30 years, you 50 years, you 120. We all have the same rights in the oneness. And we all, at birth, at birth into the family of God, we have his character. We take on his name. We have authority in the name of Jesus. We have the rights of every child of God. It doesn't matter if you are the priest. It doesn't matter if you're the prophet, the apostle, whoever you may be. You have the same rights in God. Just like the, the priest and the and the and the Levite, they were not the ones who showed the agape love. But since we have now been born into God, we have the right to, and we have access to the Father. Are we understanding? Are we understanding this morning? Hallelujah, Jesus. Those of you online, I hope you're following me. All right, let's look at this. We're in the oneness with God. We're in the fellowship of God. We're in the family of God. Jesus said this in, 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 in John 10, 
and 27. He said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. But then he said this in verse 30. I don't know if I gave you that one. If you said this in verse 30, I and my father are one. That's John. That's John 10 and 30. I and my father are one. Whatever God told Jesus to say, that's what he said. That whatever God told Jesus to do, that's what he did. They were one in spirit, one in mind, one in heart, one in purpose. Are we understanding? Then Philip in John's 14, 8 through 11. Just chop that scripture. And then uh, look at verse 8, I believe it is. Jesus said, uh, replied to him that, he that hath seen me. First Philip asked, Father, show us the Father. And that'll be okay. He said, it'll suffice us. Just show us the Father. And then in the next verse, Jesus said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. Have I been with you so long, Philip? that you don't realize that when you see me, you see the Father. That's that oneness that we're talking about. All right? And then in verse 10 and 11, he said, Jesus said this, Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? How many of us have that testimony? We really honestly believe that we're in the Father and the Father is in us. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. But the Father that, that dwelleth in me, he does the works. Verse 11, believe me that I am in the Father. He said it again, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works sake. There is that oneness. I like how Apostle Jesse McCree said it. He First he said this, he took us to Isaiah the 11th chapter. And the first through the, thir through the third verse. And it said this, the King James. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. Who are we talking about? Who are we talking about? Jesus. A branch shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. And the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. So now this is what he said, Apostle McCree. He said this, when we look at Christ in ministry, you'll never find where he was, find him lost without wisdom. He was never lost without understanding. He always had godly counsel and he was never lost of might to manifest God in character or to work ministry. He said his life was a manifestation of the spirit. I really like this. It was a manifestation of the spirit of God. His whole life. His whole life was a manifestation of God. He never walked, judged, or ministered based on natural senses. Maneuvering or ministering based on what he saw or heard on earth. That's not what Jesus did. I'm going to minister to you. You look like, no. Mm -mm. He, go back to what he said. I only do, I speak what I hear my father speak, speak and I do what I hear, see my father do. He was always led by God. 
seeing and judging from God's perspective. Are we learning this morning? Are you hearing me? Okay. He was seeing from God's perspective. A lot of times, if we're not careful, we will judge a situation. Go back to those, the priests and the Levite. Huh. That's, a, that's, a, that's, he hurt. And this is a, they were on a dangerous road. It was known that people on that road would get hurt. And maybe if I stop, then if I stop, uh, somebody may get me. I got to keep on going. Are we understanding? So they were looking at the situation. You can look at a situation from an earthly or natural perspective and totally miss God. And not even be used by God in a situation where you need to be used. Are we understanding? So here we are here. But Jesus didn't judge by the seeing of his eyes, nor the hearing of his ears, but rather he always judged by God's perspective. He always accredited the, his oneness with the Father as the source by which he was able to work ministry. And if we don't see that we are one with God, one with Christ, that we're in this family, Let's say we adopted that child. He grew up. Grew up. And once he's old, and let's say we've left a trust fund for him. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Is that faith talk? We've left a trust fund so he would never access what was left for him. If he didn't realize that, realize who he was. And what we had left for him, we've giving him precious promises. When you grow up now, we want you to do this, and you've got this, and you can do this. And you, If he didn't realize that, he would never access what God has, for, what we have left for him. And if we don't realize who we are and the fellowship that we have with Christ, we will never access what God has for us, and we won't minister from God's perspective. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. How is it that Jesus could minister from the perspective of oneness with the Father? John 12 and 29 says this, For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment what I should say and what I should speak. Whatever, whatever Jesus did, his focus was always on the Father. Always on the Father. Who is my neighbor? In 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter, the Apostle Paul admonishes the church. In that whole chapter, you'll see, don't be engaged with, uh, don't, don't, don't be engaged in sexual sins and goes on through that but then he said one thing that I don't want to submit in the 17th verse he said but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit are we understanding am I, am, am, am I, am I making myself clear this morning he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit so at once we are born into the family of God we now have become one with Christ. Are we understanding? Jesus, one with God. He worked the God ministry. 
Whatever he did, he did sacrificially. Remember the song? God gave his son, son gave his life. Are we understanding? So now, and that's because love. So here we are, we have been joined unto the Lord and we are one spirit with him. Are we understand? I need us to understand this. Just as the spirit of God rested upon and remained upon Christ. Remember that? Remember the spirit of God descended like a devil, rested on and remained upon Christ. So it is with every son of God who will know who, accept who we are and simply obey. Our father is faithful to keep the promise that he has made. He's faithful that he would do and he would work through us. He's faithful to keep the promise. And he, he's faithful to work through us just like he worked through Christ. The same thing he has done through, he did through Christ is what God wants to do through us. He let Jesus laid hands on the sick and they recovered. God wants us to lay hands on the sick and they recover. Jesus spoke to the lame, to demons. They had to leave. God wants us to speak to demons and they have to leave. But some things we don't even expect anymore. Why? Because number one, we don't realize who we really are. And the power that we have on the inside. Help me here, Holy Ghost. I'm closing soon. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19 says this. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us what? The ministry of reconciliation. And we've heard that this scripture a lot in, in, in our ministerial training classes and in ministerial operations. God has given to every one of us the ministry of reconciliation. And what is the ministry of reconciliation? It's nothing more that bring, than to bring Christ to those who need him or to bring Christ into a situation and to minister life and hope and the purpose and the love of God in that particular situation. What more is the ministry of reconciliation is than to go and help men and women find their way to God. It's not just helping those who are in the church. Maybe the priest and the Levite were on their way to the church or to the temple. But this man here, he couldn't even go in the temple. This Samaritan couldn't even go in the temple. But here he is. That was ministry right there. But it was done sacrificially. The ministry of reconciliation will not be worked unless we love sacrificially. That's the calling of God. That's our charge. We must see ourselves as vessels that carry the spirit of the living God. I am a vessel that carries 
the Spirit. Come on, if you're saved, come on, tell yourself. I am a vessel who carries the Spirit of the living God. He's on the inside. He's on the inside of us. Just as the Spirit of God manifested in Christ, Christ will manifest in us. That same spirit will manifest in and through us. Why? Because I am, if he wants to manifest through us, I am a vessel who carries the spirit of the living God. Oh, we have, let me, how, okay, you may ask me, okay, 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 all right, all right, I see that. I got it, I understand. So how is it that I get this spirit to work through me? Everything God does, he does by love. It's not about the ones that we see. It's easy, it's easy, it's easy. I love Joyce. I love, I love you all. So it's easy for me to do for you. It's easy. It, 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 that, that's, but what about the one who we don't love, who don't love us? What about the one that's not that's talking about us? What about the one that laid an offense in our heart? What about the one who, who snarl at us? What about that one? That's the one laying on the side of the road. That's the one. So what we've got to learn to do is not just love the lovely, but sacrificial love will say, I've got to love them. And you know, sometimes that lovely is in our own home. It could be our children. It could be our spouse. It could be anybody. It could be our mother. Mother may have offended you years ago, but we're not ready and willing to, to, to uh, forgive them. Our siblings, some of us, we won't even speak to our siblings. We know they did something, but we, we're not willing to let go of what they did in order to see that soul saved. We're not even willing to let go so that we can minister to that individual. Even though, yes, they talked about you. So, how many people you talk about? How many people, how many people have you talked about? Some of them just don't know it, but you still talk. God knows. And you know what the word tells us? If you don't forgive them who talked about you, God can't forgive you for the ones you talked about. That's the word. That's the word. Go to Matthew 6 and look at it. It's in there. So now, we are the vessels who carry the spirit of the living God. If we love God and love people sacrificially, our Father who dwells in us will work through us. Because the motive is not about self-exhortation. The motive is not about, I got to build me up. It's not about, hallelujah, Jesus. It's not about, I got to make a name for myself. Even if people don't know your name, can we still do? I remember a lady testified in church years, years, years ago. Ooh, I blessed the testimony service. I blessed the Lord, hallelujah, for being here. Praise the Lord. And I thank the Lord that I went over to so-and-so's house and I gave them so-and-so and so. They didn't have nothing much, so I, I don't think they called the lady's name, they, the house name, the people's name. I went over to somebody's house, praise the Lord, and the Lord led me to just to give them this and to give them that. You got your reward. That ain't the way. That, excuse me. That's not the way. How many of us can give just because there is a need? Or we'll do 
and not expect anything in return. Jesus said, go do likewise. But we don't expect anything in return. Will we serve in the house of the Lord and not expect anybody to ever call our name? Will we be faithful in what we do and never, ever expect on anybody to say, wow, isn't she faithful? And then when they call your name and don't call your name, how do we feel? Or are we in the midst of situations, are we willing to humble ourselves and go push somebody else up so that the purpose of God will be manifested? Are we willing to go and do likewise? The secret to the supernatural, I believe this with all my heart, to the supernatural flowing through us and us walking in the supernatural is oneness, the oneness that we have with the Father, and it is living and displaying sacrificial love. I believe that. I believe that. Because as he is, so are we in the earth. As Christ is, so are we. That's how we're supposed to be. That's what we're supposed to be. Sharon, that's what we're supposed to be. When we're squeezed, nothing's supposed to come out of us but love. When situations are ugly, people should be able to come into this house. Come into this house, or even to, if they come to our home, and feel the love of God, the peace of God. No one should ever come to the house of the Lord and not feel welcomed. Because you don't know. That may be that. I'm going to that church right there. If I can't find God in there today, I'm done. But we all can't be so busy that when we come in or so self-consumed, so self-consumed that we cannot love sacrificially we will let me tell you y'all I believe this I just believe it we will see signs we will see wonders we will see miracles and I'm not talking about just through bishop and myself I'm talking about through the body of Christ on your job when you in the streets that the power of God can work through you the power of God will work, rest upon us and remain. And we lay hands on the sick and they recover. And we speak to souls. God help us. I pray for all of us, starting with me. This is my prayer this morning. God stir up in us a desire to see souls saved. Who was that? Smith Wigglesworth? Was that Smith Wigglesworth? Smith Wigglesworth was that him who said give me souls lest I die remember that it was an evangelist years ago he wanted to see souls saved so bad but how many of us are we 
God have mercy. Help us to be so. Help me, Lord. Help us to be better soul winners. Help us to be more concerned about the one on the side of the road who don't know us. They may not be broken in their body, but they're broken in their soul. What lengths will we go to to make sure that person sees Christ? What lengths will we go through to make sure that they love? Love is sacrificial. Flesh will hinder the movement of the spirit through us. Help us, Holy Ghost. Help us. Help me. We've got to take our eyes off of us. What we're going through. All of us, all of us are going through something. Something going on in all of our families. All of us going through something. But we have a power on the inside. I may go home and cry today, but I'm on assignment this morning. Are we understanding? I don't have time to cry right now. I've got to talk about the, the sacrificial love of God and be strengthened with might in the inner man. The, the Bible said we can be strengthened in the inner man. And so, God, I bless you this morning for the strengthening. But, God, make us greater soul winners. Help us to be more concerned about our coworkers. Help us to be more concerned about the people we with every day, our family members. Help us not be so concerned and think, what they going to say if I tell them about Jesus? Somebody told us. Somebody told us. 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter and the 7th, 4th through the 7th verse. It tells us that love is patient. This is what sacrificial love looks like. It's patient. It's kind. It's not envious. It's not boastful. It's not proud. We know the love chapter. It does not put others down. It is not always doing things that's going to benefit ourselves. It's not quick to get angry. It bears. And you know what else? It doesn't keep records of the wrongs. It doesn't keep records. How many of us remember what that person did to them last week? Or can we just let stuff go? Can we let it go? Let it go. Let it go. The more I'm telling you, the more I'm learning, God, I tell y'all, I told y'all a few weeks ago, God working on me. He working on me. He working on me. And the, I, I, I kind of did a, a self-examination a couple days ago. I said, wow, I feel pretty good. I, I feel some peace. I feel, wow. You know, because I've purposed, I'm going to honor God. I'm going to honor him. I'm going to honor God. And as he showed me me, I'm dealing with that right there. If I'm not loving like I need to love, God help me and teach me how to love more. I could hear, I heard him some things that happened and da, 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 da. And I heard the Holy Spirit tell me, just let that go. You don't have to hold it. Let it go. Okay, what they did. I don't care what the extent of the embarrassment was, let it go. And when I just, okay, I can let that go. I can let that go. I'm not in the moment now. The only thing, reason still keeping alive is because I'm holding on to it. But if I let it go, it no longer has any power over me. It no longer has power over me. So this is what we've got to look at. Love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. It doesn't rejoice 
when negative thing happens to others. Remember that person who did something to you and then they hurt themselves and they were in an accident in our heart. Some of us, we may never really admit, may never really admit it. But we are saying, mm, see, mm, I knew God was going to get them. Touching our God's anointing. That ain't even scriptural. The way, in that perspective. But love always protects. I told y'all a couple weeks ago how whenever we go to a hotel, Bishop always sleeps on the outside. Most of the time, most of the time, too, when he, when we're going somewhere, I may go to the, because you all know I talk when he talks. So, right before you guys been there. <laughs> but it's true. I talk more to him, so I'm going to talk to more people than he does. But if, it's, if he hits the car, if it's not raining, he stands by the car and waits till I get in. Sometimes if I'm alone, long time, he may sit down. But he's always watching because love protects. I am a strong woman, but I enjoy being the weaker vessel because he cares for me. He protects me. I'm only strong when I have to be strong because he protects me. Husbands, let that be the testimony of your wife that you protect her. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. Love always perseveres. Look at how that Samaritan persevered. He did everything he had to do. He did everything he could do. And then and in the end, when he told the man, he said, the innkeeper, if the money run out, I'm leaving this right here for him. But if this runs out, when I get back, I give you some more. That's going the distance. He went the distance for somebody who hated him. They were born to hate each other. They were born to hate each other. How many of us will go the distance for people who we don't like, who we know don't like us? Love always perseveres. Love always. I'm never never, I'm sorry, love never fails. It says prophecy going to cease. Tongues going to cease. But love never going to cease. You can be gifted, you can be anointed, you can, you can have a title. It's not about the title. It's about the love. Give me a person who will love over somebody with these many degrees behind their names and this many titles in front of them. Give me somebody whose love is genuine. Give me that take them with me because I know their prayers can get through. Are we understanding? Oh, praise the Lord. Remember we're one with him. And so he is. So are we. 
God's poised to use us. He's poised to use us. We can walk in this Jesus ministry. We're his children. We're the children of God. We're his hands and feet now in the earth. And saints, I believe this. We're going to get this love thing right. We're going to get this love thing right. We're going to get it right in this house. You're going to hear about this a lot. At least from me, however the Lord leads. But you, we got to get this love thing right. We got to get sacrificial love right. We got to get this agape love thing right. I can't stay in the house with Bishop and don't like him. He don't like me. And both of us proclaiming holiness. Uh-uh. What's wrong with that? We got to get this love thing right. Romans 12 and 1 said this. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, we know that we do what? Present our bodies. Give ourselves to Christ. Give ourselves to the Lord. And not only just to the Lord, but give ourselves for others as a living sacrifice. How? Come on. Holy and acceptable unto God. And this is simply just our reasonable service. This is what we're supposed to do. We can get this thing right. But we've got the purpose in our heart that I choose love. I choose to love God's way. Saints, God's poised to move. He ready. We don't have a whole lot of time. I just don't, I believe Jesus is coming soon. I just believe that. I believe that I still believe that there's going to be a great outpouring of the Spirit of God. I'm on the ocean. I believe it. I believe that. Gary, I believe that. And it's not going to be on the priest, just him using the priests and the Levites. Some of them not going to be used. But he's going to be using, he will use anyone who will go and do likewise, who will love, who will love the way he did. Jesus loved. God loved. Jesus did likewise. Jesus loved. And now he's telling us, do what? Go and do likewise. He's manifesting his divine power through through his people. If we love, we will bring God glory. Saints, I love you. Let's stand on our feet those of you online, we bless the Lord for you. He's telling us to love and do a self-examination. Well, who, who, when I start examining myself through the eyes of the Spirit, whose name pops up first? Or is there, uh-uh, let me say it this way, is there anyone's name that pops up? And we immediately think, look at what they did to us. I want to do a self-examination. Whose name pops up? Is there anybody's name that pops up? You understand what I'm saying? Y'all understand what I mean by that? Does anybody's name pop up? People who, someone who may have hurt us or someone who may have done something to us. Can we say I'm willing to love that person sacrificially? 
that's your neighbor. That person, let's say they were wrong. Let's say they were 100% wrong. But they're in a position now where they need Christ. And God is challenging us to move to a place of love. That's the challenge he's setting before us. He said, this is what I have. Mm. The psalmist said, great peace. What is it, 165? Great peace have they who love my law. And nothing shall offend them. That's the word. When we love God's law, we'll obey his word. We'll do what it is that he says to do. And what will happen? Great peace. And it says that nothing will offend us. Why? How is it that nothing can offend you? Because you walk in, in sacrificial love. It would not have mattered to that, that Samaritan. It should not have mattered. And that's that, that, let me say it this way. That Jew on the side of the road might have gotten up and went right down back to not hate and hating the Samaritans again. But that had nothing to do with that Samaritan's record. It had nothing to do with his record. He was the neighbor. And God is asking us, be the neighbor. He's telling us, be the neighbor now. Great peace. Sometimes we wonder why things are not going well in our heart, in our bodies, because we're not loving right. God, help us to love. Come on, let's talk to the Lord this morning. Father, Father, Father. Those of you who are online, come on, let's talk to the Lord. Father, Father, we need you. You're challenging us to love your way. You're challenging us to love your way. Help us, God. Help us to recognize that we're in fellowship with you. You've adopted us into the family and we have all the rights of a child of God. Help us to come to the realization that it's you, God. And it's in you we live and it's in you we move and it's in you we have our being. Help us to understand that it's all about you and that you want to use us to bring you glory help us to love your way father we want to see broken bodies healed we want to see the dead raised we want to see souls set free from the clutches of the devil help us Lord let us not be so consumed with our lives and what we do and what we don't do that or what we have and what don't have and what we're trying to get that we miss the souls that you put in our path on a daily basis stir us up in us again or stir up in us again the desire to want to know you we believe you for it god and we bless you not only to want to know you but want to win souls help us god help us this morning that's our prayer help us to redeem the time because we've lost time. Help us to redeem the time. Help us. Father, we choose to love. We choose love. You are love. We choose love. The 
it's not just Filio, it's not just Dorge, it's not just Eros, but we choose Agape. Help us, Lord. And we thank you for it. Father said, if there's anyone who might be watching this, this, this service this morning, if they're not saved, I pray God help them with their forgiveness in the ocean. And some may be going through difficult situations that they don't know what to do. I pray, God, that you would give them the wisdom of the Spirit. In the name of Jesus, speak to their hearts. So those situations that they're dealing with right now, the decisions that they're facing, that you, God, would move by your Spirit and give them directions. And we thank you for it. Because there's some who are listening, God, who want to know you also. They want to love your way. They don't want to make wrong decisions. They want to hear what it is you have to say. And if you speak, they will obey. So we say, speak right now. In the name of Jesus, speak into their heart. Speak into their spirit. And we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Thank you for saving souls. Setting the captives free. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. We thank God. Come on, let's tell the Lord thank you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank God. We know that you were blessed by today's message. We have to not only be listeners of the Word of God, but also doers. To find out what your next steps may be, simply go to ofhorangeburg.com forward slash next. Come again next week where we will make sure you have a place to find God.